0: What happens when a blind man, a woman of color, and a child of immigrants get together to discuss how diversity, inclusion, and equity affect your business?
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Choose Inclusion podcast. I'm Yubi, and I am the Latino white guy of the group
0: i'm nina i am the woman of color in the group and i'm mike i'm uh the blind guy
1: all right welcome back everybody to choose inclusion i'm ub and as always i'm here with the incomparable mike and nina hello team
0: hi everyone good morning excited for today's conversation
1: absolutely we are too we all are too obviously very excited so we um we want to jump in and uh let i want to introduce rebecca mercero i think it mercero it sounds very um i feel like i'm in new orleans i like that
2: Uh, i'm in canada so it's very right so
1: totally obvious
2: Yeah, there you go, yes. there you go. <laughs> um, I'm not French though, I don't speak French, but uh, yes, my last name is, is Mercer, oh
1: yeah. <laughs> Mercer, love it. Hi there. Well, so so Rebecca is uh, an, an inclusive community art instructor. Um, she founded Rebecca Jane Art, and we're really excited, really cool. Rebecca had reached out to us um, it, because the, the work she's doing, and I'm going to let her dive in and talk about it. It's just, it's really fascinating. It's one of those things in a, in a year like 2020, where it's just, it's a really cool, bright spot. And um, I think that people can take a lot from that, especially our audience and, and learn from that. So welcome, Rebecca.
2: Thank you. Um, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> sorry, did you want no, me to no, s- tell no, you? Yeah, um,
1: yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I go. <laughs> um, yeah, tell us, yeah, tell us about what's going on, like uh, what, how you got into what you're doing right now.
2: Uh, How I got into, okay, well, I'm an inclusive community art instructor, Um, it started as inclusive art instructor, Uh, I added the community part recently, Um, so I, my background is working with uh, children with autism, and I really wanted to start, I felt like I wasn't doing what I needed to do like I wasn't making a big enough impact. and I just I didn't feel very fulfilled in what I was doing um, even though the work I was doing was really great uh, there's just something missing. So uh, I started my business uh, in two thousand and nineteen so it just it's, it's been February so it's been almost two years and I I just took I love art. Art's been my my safe place my whole life. I love creating. Um, I just I, I love painting everything so, I took that and my passion for working with children with autism and put them together and made an art class uh, for kids with autism. So that became my inclusive art classes Uh, but that wasn't all I wanted to do. Uh, My classes did grow. So I have a class called uh, Art is a Spectrum. Uh, And now this is a class for kids with autism but not just for kids with autism. There's every type of person. Like everybody is welcome. This is inclusive class. So everybody is welcome and everybody benefits from this class um, because everybody benefits from inclusion. And then I have another class for uh, preschoolers where we uh, read a book and then make an art project based off the book. And then I have a class for seniors and a mental health class that I do with a social worker. Uh, So all these classes are based under my inclusive community art classes and that I host in my community, uh, my, my small town. Um, so I started or I, I started thinking of all these amazing ideas and so many things that I I, I want to do more. Like these are not the only classes that I want to do, uh, but I know that I can't do everything. <laughs> And my, right. community doesn't necessarily, <laughs> my community doesn't also need everything. My community definitely needs uh, a lot of support for kids with autism because <clears throat> my job before actually um, is to help children, preschooler children with autism, get ready for school and life in general. Uh, it helps the families and the individual. Um, people actually move all over to come to this program, so there's a very high uh, amount of children with autism in the community already because people literally do move here from the states and and in, and Canada uh, because it's also it's also a free program for them. So there, wow. that's a. So
1: I didn't realize that. That's that's amazing. So the the, I mean, I have like a thousand things I want to say right now. <laughs> It, so, so I didn't realize that. So, so the program that you created and started in your community, and we'll talk about the community piece, but there are people moving from all Oh, over. no,
2: no. Sorry. Sorry. That was my, that was my job before I would love Oh, to I see. To move I all see. Over, but, but they <laughs> yeah, still,
1: so, but yeah, so you, you so kind of become, expanded on the need.
2: Yes. Yeah. Because I saw Got that it. there was a lot of children here. like people were moving here. And then after that program was done, they had nothing right? They were just, right. once I went to school, that was it. So there's a high amount of children with autism in the community. And I saw that need. And so I filled that need with art. I
1: ah, love it. Well, and yeah. I just, what I love about, cause I like, I'm a big music person and I think, I mean, it, you know, you mentioned mental health and I think that's a perfect example because I mean, I, you know, creativity, I think can be almost very like therapeutic in that sense right? Like I feel people need some way to express themselves and particularly those who don't express themselves in what people would consider normal. Yeah. Um, you know, I think is so important. And I think that's where this really applies to organizations where, cause we talk about neurodivergent people, not everybody coming to work in the same way every single day. Mm. Like how do we, how do we help them feel safe and, and give them a, a way to express themselves that's natural to them I think all of that is just super fascinating.
2: Yeah, and it's it's so cool because like, I mean, all my classes, like I have kids that, I mean, there's just, the needs are just so vast. There's kids that, you know, won't touch the clay because it's too, you know, too messy. So then they get gloves or they have a whole pile of wipes by their hands, but they still make it anyway. Uh, Or one day they just decide that they don't mind getting dirty and then they're digging their hands in the chalk pastels and so which is like the messiest of art <laughs> um and you mentioned music one of my mental health classes actually we did a project based off music so it was art music uh and mental health all together it was so fun
0: Rebecca, I, uh, I I love what you're doing and how you're doing it too, and I love that you have classes uh, that I could attend, like for preschoolers. So I love that, but I want to hear more of the. <laughs> just, just saying, just saying. Um, but I, I'd love to, uh, I'd love to dive in because you you know inclusion is good for everybody. I love that statement. It absolutely resonates with, uh, you know, the three of us, and I'm sure our audience please talk to me a little bit more about like some of the outcomes that come out of these classes where inclusion is good for everybody in an art way.
2: Okay, well, um, because it's kind of a classroom setting in the sense that, you know, we're sitting down to do an art, it's a a class, um, it's kind of letting them they're coming in and expecting it probably to be class-like but then they realize that they're actually free to create however they want i have kids that are spinning around in circles to do their artwork (laughs) they take breaks and literally run around the room um they don't have to sit they can move around there's or if they need to sit and just quietly draw all themselves like there's no real rules so there's a lot of freedom for them and then it kind of sparks that because they don't get that at school there's a lot of rules and if they do need that freedom of that running around it's usually them being taken out of the classroom so they're taken away and in this case um, it's not just kids with autism so it's it's inclusion as in everybody who is seeing it and experiencing it. And the kids without autism are also expressing themselves in a similar manner. Like you could walk in the room and not know, right? So we it's just very freeing. They're they're very they're able to express themselves uh, through their art and through just like community and connection.
0: Rebecca, one of the things I think is so interesting about what you are building as an inclusive art uh, instructor is is you have four different programs as well within it. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about those programs and and what do they do?
2: So all my classes are built on four components or four building blocks. So there's inclusion, education, community, and mental health. So all classes are, have all four of those embedded within them. They're all helping with their mental health. They're all inclusive because everybody's welcome. And we're all expected to create a, an inclusive space. Uh, it's uh, which one? Uh, education because we're learning through the art. We're learning not just uh, about art, but we're also learning things through art. So like, especially in the uh, read in art class that one's very very focused on uh learning so we learn something about you know the space or how an acorn grows or something so we're learning other things not just art but the, that as well um what was the other one I said oh and then did I say the inclusion one I, I got lost <laughs> uh the mental health one I think okay the and then mental the men one. and then the mental health was um yeah so we're all able like it's very therapeutic um with the art it's very where we talk about mental health and uh working through our mental health blocks and problems and stuff so all classes have that that focus so but each class is has a higher focus on one of the four blocks so my preschool class has a higher focus on learning, as I said, So we're, or education. So like I said, we'll read a book that's, uh, we, we read one not too long ago called Sun. And so we learned about the sun, we learned about how it affects earth and how um, space. So we drew a really beautiful picture after uh, with the sun and the, the solar system. So by doing that and reading about it, which I think reading is an extremely important and useful tool just on its own, but then we pair it with the art and it becomes um, engaging, right? So we could read something and then that's it. But when we engage with it, then we actually learn something because we're putting it to use. We're asking questions. We're talking about it. There's communication happening. So yes, these are preschoolers. They're ages two to six. So they're they're already learning so much about everything, you know, from how to hold a pencil to that we live on a planet Earth and it's round and it's, you know, and there's a sun and the sun is six billion miles away and stuff. So there's, it's, they might not take all of that information home, but it's, it started that conversation.
1: Um, there's one thing you said previously when uh, when we were kind of talking uh, in an intro call about how the, how the art can actually adapt to the artist. Like, cause I love where you're going with this. And, and it's, I, I feel like that, you know so often people have this narrow kind of one path to art in their head right like there's just mm-hmm. only one way to do it when in reality it art is what the the artist brings to it and so it's it was just amazing like i, I mean i <laughs> there's you've probably seen all kinds of styles come out of these these children as they interpret what they read into art like it's it's just I mean, that's gotta be amazing to see how each individual person interprets that. Yeah, How cool is that?
2: It's amazing, it really is. Yeah. It's it's really cool because like in any class, I mean, any class, especially with inclusion, like I can't expect anybody coming into my room to be at the same level. Like I could have, my classes are age specific. So like my preschools are two two to six, and then my art as a spectrum is um, seven to 12. So that's a narrow age, but like the abilities, like I could have a kid in that's uh, 12 in my artist spectrum class, and they can't, you know, do up a button or hold the pencil the right way, or, you know, and then I have another 6 year or 7 year old who is in the same class and they can draw more realistic than, you know, what you know, a picture. So you 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 get such a wide range in one classroom. Like I would never expect everybody's artwork to look anything the same because a they're having they have totally different experiences. They have different abilities like i'm never going to expect everybody in the class to make the same thing the only limitation i have is what i've literally brought to the classroom right so i tell them what we're going to do i teach them about what the project is and then i say but do what you want (laughs) do what you want you know so they could make a rainbow in our (laughs) space class or you know what i mean so there's um what they make is is always different, and I always, always tell them, like, and celebrate every difference that we have in all of our our artwork, even though we're here to make the same thing, it's always totally different.
0: And with, with, with that, Rebecca, especially when it comes to, because I love the fact, all the, all the kids programs, all that, but you, you do art for, again, because folks that are on the spectrum, they're of all ages, right, and neurodivergence is something that, uh, is much more widely um, acknowledged now than it was before. So when you have, uh, you know, call it, you know, 18 plus, 16 plus students that are coming into your class, what kind of results are you getting with uh, that that age group?
2: With kid, uh, adults, you see? Yes, you yeah.
0: Okay. yeah, 18 plus-ish.
2: So I haven't had a class for like... Adults, I do have a class for older adults, which is 55 50 plus uh, at at a seniors center in town, but I honestly not not very many people on the spectrum have come to that class. So I honestly don't have a lot of experience with uh, adults on the spectrum.
1: But do you with um, so with like the class that um from the senior center, what, what do you, do you notice similarities between the kind of the older adults and and the younger kids? Like, are there, are there trends and things that you see that, you know, where, where certain things just transcend age, you know what I mean?
2: Oh, yes. Yes. I, (laughs) I mean, it's, I, I kind of joked not too long ago. I'm like, I, I provide the same information for my two-year-olds as I do for my students who are uh, 70. So it's kind of funny. It's just how maybe I'll explain it a little bit differently, you know, like I'm not bringing a little kid's book to my seniors, but um, it's, I mean, it's the same information I'm just giving them, but it's just presented in a little bit different way. And then they interpret it a little bit differently, but yes, it's it's almost exactly the same in every single class.
1: I love that. Well, the one thing I, the one last thing I wanted to talk about, um, a little bit more was the, the, how you, you know, the opportunity you seized on when bringing this to your community, you know, that I think it, it's interesting. Um, and I think this happens in organizations too, right? Like people, people are expected to go where the the program is right. Or they're expected right. to, you know, just, just, you know, pick up and, and make the long journey to the other side of campus or whatever, right? Like they, they're, they're expected to go to the program when in reality, I mean, that's hard for most people. And and so talk, can you talk about what, why you decided to start Rebecca Jane Art in your community?
2: Um, why I started it was more about me, I think. Um, I really wanted to uh, to host something that I, I felt fulfilled in for other people. Like I, I just really wanted to help people. And I felt like in my previous jobs, I couldn't do as much as I wanted. So what I actually, I, (laughs) as I, the more I did the classes is the more I realized the impact I was doing. Honestly, when I started, I was like, I'm just doing art classes, come to my nice art, little art class. <laughs> but then as it went on, I was like, oh my gosh, do you see what I just did? Like, what did I create here? And it actually was a lot of backtracking um, in realizing what I did or what I had created. So it's kind of backwards, I guess, for me. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah. And and it's just, and I think, you know, that's the thing I think, right? Like a lot of us start things without kind of understanding what the impact will eventually be. And I, I think the lesson that, that I've taken from your experience and what you've done is, is again, just that like these programs, these things that are so important don't have to exist in one place. And, and, everyone else is just expected to come find Mm -hmm. you. Right. Like we need to take these things to where people are. And, and because sometimes, you know, like, you know, the the people who came to your community for that one particular autism program. Yeah. I mean, that was important enough for them, but they all moved like, that's a big deal. Right. And so yeah, I, I love that you continued that one to, to, continue to provide something to those people who made a huge life decision and a life change. Um, But also, I think people can learn from that. And like, yeah, why not start creating these programs that, you know, people would go to the big city for previously? Why can't we just create them here at home, you know, in our little communities? Um, And again, I think that's a big lesson that organizations can take away is, you know, it's, there shouldn't be anything stopping organizations from creating these programs where they're needed. I, I guess is the way I'm kind of thinking about it. Um, yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. I so well about my my rural community. So I started my classes. I live outside of Fredericton, New Brunswick. So. I was doing my classes in Fredericton. So I, but I live outside of Fredericton. <laughs> I live in Upper Kingsclear, So it's about a 20, 30 minute drive uh, to town. So I was actually driving, well, I, I was driving 40 minutes to get to my classes. cause I thought I have to bring my programs to the people. <laughs> I have to bring it into town. Nobody will come to see me. Like why, why would they come outside of town to see me? But then um, when COVID hit, I decided. I, I actually had class a couple classes in different locations, so I was in three different locations for my classes. So there was a lot of travel. Like there was sometimes where I was in the same like one day I was in a, two different locations. So it was a lot of travel, and honestly, it was pretty unnecessary. Like there was a lot of people that would uh, travel outside of town to see me too, and. So when COVID came, I I decided to, you know, I mean, I had to stop my classes. So I decided to, I wanted all my classes in one spot is really what my goal was uh, in looking for a new space. And I thought, well, why don't I look close by? So I live outside of town. There's a community center, not too far away. It's close to my son's daycare. So I went there. Um, They actually had somebody else doing a program Um, I'm blanking on the name of what it was called, but basically they wanted to have visual minorities reading books to children about visual minorities. So um, I I went and read to them one time, and then I realized that this was a good space. Like it was already, they were already taking action in inclusion, which is very unusual (laughs) in my area. So I went there and started classes but they before the process of getting into there it's a government building so I had to go through all the legal stuff and they were like okay so you're gonna meet with the mayor and I was like excuse me the mayor like we have a mayor out here and I I suddenly (laughs) yeah Yeah. I suddenly (laughs) yeah I was like oh wow so there's a whole community here that I'm forgetting about and they're like yeah there's like 500 or 5,000 people in our community and then there's the little pockets around us so I'm actually in Hanwell um because I live in and I live in clear it's it's we're right beside each other but it's like there's actually nothing in my <laughs> by my by my area so I realized oh wow there's this huge market that I'm not even helping right now because I'm going into town. So everybody has to go into town to travel to me. And I realize I'm missing the opportunity of the people right here beside me.
1: Yeah, that's huge. Uh, I love it. And I'm excited to continue this conversation. Um, So this is Choose Inclusion's first crossover episode, ladies and gentlemen, I'm uh, very excited about that. So we're actually gonna continue this conversation on um, Rebecca's podcast. Uh, Rebecca, remind me the name of your podcast so people can it's find connect- it.
2: Connections through creativity.
1: Perfect. Okay, so we will be continuing uh, this conversation uh, next week. So um, tune in on December fourth for that. And yeah, let's uh, let's jump over to your podcast.
2: <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to the Choose Inclusion podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And you can see closed captioning for this podcast on our YouTube channel. You can find us online on our website, chooseinclusion.com, and contact us on Twitter at Choose Inclusion.